If you take your Bibles tonight, go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter number 4. In every stage of my Christian life, God has used Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 in a very, very special way. And uh, this season of life is no different. And I hope that God will work through His Word and help you tonight. So we look to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 4. We'll begin our reading in verse number 23. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. And we'll look here beginning in verse 23 and work our way through these verses of Scripture. The Bible begins here saying, Keep thy heart with all diligence. And that's the title of our message, Keep Your Heart. Keep Your Heart. And we'll see what that means in just a minute. I always joke about preaching 30 minutes. I didn't realize exactly how close I was to that. And uh, so I don't feel obligated, I don't care what the preacher says, to preach 29 minutes and 56 seconds tonight. And I never feel, uh, I never feel confined by that, but it has become a pattern in my life. And uh, I obey the Lord and I'm going to honor the Lord and ask God to help us tonight. And you hear the preacher say that, like, oh, no, he's going to preach an hour tonight. <laughs> Uh, he's already qualified to what's going to happen. The Bible says, keep thy heart. And uh, what are we to do? We're to keep our heart. I like this word keep because it represents a couple things that was really sweet to me growing up. I don't know about you, but my grandmother, if you were to ask her, uh, Betty, what do you do? Well, I keep house. And she was, uh, she was very faithful and still is very faithful to keep house. How many of you have folks that use that term, keep house? That's right. I have a grandfather. He's with the Lord now. And for years and years and years, when he referred to what he did out in the yard, that great big spot called the garden, he said, I keep a garden. And I know what that looks like. And how many of you know what that looks like? The Bible says that we are to keep our heart. Now, some people have this idea that if I can get me a good fix on Sunday morning, spiritually speaking, then I'll be good for the rest of the week. Some folks have the idea, and they've just taken a little too far, that if I can get me a good spiritual fix on Easter Sunday and sometime around Christmas, then that's good enough. But that's not keeping your heart, and that's not walking with the Lord. And you're proving being here on a Tuesday night revival meeting, I'm preaching to the choir, but... The Bible says here that we're to keep our heart. When my grandmother kept house, you know she was attending to things around the house pretty much constantly. Uh, every day, uh, generally every hour of every day, she was tending to something. My grandfather kept a beautiful garden. He, was, he prided himself in so many things in that garden, beautiful tomatoes. I remember as a teenager, I would, uh, when I first got my driver's license, my grandfather had recently retired from Clinchfield Coal, and he would, uh, when it's tomato time, he would carry a bag full of beautiful tomatoes to uh, McDonald's. There was a big group of, of uh, retired folks, retired men that went to McDonald's every morning. Funny story from that, they would sit 
in the same spot every morning. Uh, they'd start at 5 o'clock in the morning, and, and it would it'd last all morning long. But they'd, they'd sit in the same spot for years and years, and they re remodeled the McDonald's in Chilhowie. And uh, it really messed these guys up. I mean, it just, it just messed their routine up, something fierce. And then when they got it finished, they went to sit back in the similar spot after it had been remodeled, and they'd put an AC vent right over the table where these men had sat for all these years. One of the old men sitting there at the table is drinking his senior cup of coffee, and he says, I want you guys to know something. If they think I'm going to pay 55 cents for three cups of coffee and freeze to death, they got another thing coming. <laughs> My grandpa would carry those tomatoes and uh, down to the men's breakfast, and he'd carry a knife and a sack of tomatoes and order a big bunch of buttered biscuits, and he'd sit there all morning long. Slice of tomatoes and eat tomato biscuits. How many of you like a good fresh tomato biscuit? I do too. And uh, he was kept the garden. You know how to get beautiful tomatoes? You do something about them about every day. They work with them. And he was checking for bugs and he's checking for blight and he was taking care of it. And the Bible says that we are to have that same kind of diligence and consistency and persistency regarding the matter of our heart. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. Now, it's not haphazard management of the heart. It's keep your heart with all diligence. Now, we've got to establish where our heart is. When I first saw Ruth, I went, I met my wife in Walmart. You can get anything you need at Walmart. <laughs> I thought, man, she's pretty. I liked her. And it didn't take me long to realize I really like her. It took her about three more years to like me, but uh, I really liked her. Our heart, our spiritual heart, is not located in the center of our chest. When the Bible refers to your heart, it's referring to your mind and your thought life. It's referring to the core of your being and everything you are and everything you will ever be will be the direct result of your thought life. Your heart is located right here. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So the Bible teaches us that we are to keep our heart with all diligence. We are to make it a matter of ultimate priority that we do something right and righteous and holy with our thought life consistently and persistently and very diligently. The Bible says keep your heart with all diligence. I always ask the question why because I'm just that kind of guy. Why? The Bible says, Solomon writing here, for out of it are the issues of life. Do you have issues? <laughs> Has anybody ever said, you've got issues? <laughs> All of our issues, good, bad, ugly, and double ugly. Amen. All of our issues come out of our heart. That's what the Bible says. And because of all the issues of life coming out of our heart, the Bible says, by all means, keep your heart with all diligence. 
God's given us a job. God's given us an assignment. And our personal relationship with Jesus Christ is what conditions our heart. And may God help us to be those kinds of Christians that keep our heart with all diligence. Look at verse 24. The first thing I want to bring to your attention tonight is this. There is a test of your heart. The Bible gives us a test of our heart. You say, I don't know how well I'm doing with my heart. Some of you say, I know how well I'm doing with my house. I'm glad that you've not seen it today. <laughs> I know how well I'm doing with my garden. I grew a garden for a number of years. I love it. I grew up on a farm and I love to, I love to grow a garden. But we were gone to camp and we were gone here and there and everywhere during the summer and my garden got completely out of control. It was awful. And we live right on the main drag and I couldn't stand folks seeing how I kept my garden. You may be wondering, how am I keeping my heart? How's my heart doing? Let's have a heart check. How about it? Here's what the Bible says in verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. What is the test of your heart? I'll tell you. Your mouth. Someone said it like this. What's in the well comes up in the bucket. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And I'll tell you what's in your heart. What is it that rules your conversation? What is it that you want to talk about all the time? Folks, I want you to know something. Christian people should have a desire and an earnest desire to talk about Jesus and talk about Christ. That doesn't mean you can't talk about other things. I, I saw this sign one time. It said, I'd rather be fishing, hunting, bowling, golfing. And the list went on and on and on. And I'm one of these guys. I love life. I love to deer hunt. Oh, I love it. I love to bear hunt. I love to fish. I love to ride bikes. I love, there's all kinds of things I love to do. And I like to talk about it. I want to be able to talk intelligently about it. I like to garden. And you can just fill in the list. I like all those things. It's great. I like camping. I hear a lot of you guys are campers out here. I like camping. And I like to talk about those things. You know why you like to talk about those things? Because it's what you think about. It's what's in your heart. And there's not a problem with having those things in your heart as long as they do not rule your heart and become a God. You see, the Bible teaches us that we need to put away from the a froward mouth. A froward mouth was a, was a, a perverse mouth, a mouth that talked about things that shouldn't, a mouth that was, that was consumed with things other than God. I'll tell you what's in your heart. What do you spend the most time talking about? How's your words and how is your conversation seasoned? Is it seasoned with grace and mercy and love or is it seasoned with bitterness and complaints and griping and growling and gossip? You see, what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And the heart of the human problem is the problem with the human heart. What's in your heart? You see, I want to make sure that my heart's in tune with God. Because out of my heart comes all the issues of life. You see, I want to be a godly father. I want to be a godly husband. I want to be a godly pastor. I want to be a great friend. I want to be a Christian that pleases my Savior. But the only way that can even be possible is if my heart's in tune with God. What have you been talking about today? Do you know that you've taken God with you everywhere you've been today? 
You know he's heard every word? He's heard every word. I want to live my life that at the end of the day I don't have to regret what I've said in the presence of my God. How? How can I, how can I get there? The Bible says keep your heart with all diligence. You see, the test of your heart is your mouth. But then, number two, the pathway to your heart. If my heart's dirty, how do I clean it up? If my heart is pretty clean and I want to keep it that way, how does that happen? Well, the Bible gives us some insight into the pathway to our heart. The Bible says in verse 25, Let thine eyes look right on let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Now, how do you get to my brain? I've met some new people this week. I've learned some new names. I'm trying to do better with the name part, but I'm learning who you are, and I'm learning to love you. How did I learn to know who you are? Well, how did my mind, my heart, learn to know who you are? Well, I've been seeing you. I've been hearing you. We've been shaking hands. Touch. Everything that Cody Sturgill is is a direct result of the things that have been fed my brain through my senses. Now, sometimes we have this arrogant idea that I'm old enough to handle that. Or I can see that if I want to. Or I can experience that if I so desire. I'm now an adult. <laughs> but I'll have you know something. You are the sum total of the things you allow into your heart through your eyes, through your ears, through your senses. You see, you need to be feeding your heart the right things. If my grandfather's going to have a great garden, you know what he'd do? He kept... Big 55-gallon drums that sat under every gutter around the place. And the water, when it would rain, the rain would fill those barrels. And every day, when it was a little bit dry, he had a wagon behind his little lawnmower, and he'd carry gallon after gallon of water. And individually, he'd take a gallon of water with a little bit of miracle grow in it, or a gallon of water with a little bit of that. He had his secret recipes. And every day he'd take, and you know what he'd do? He would give his garden what it needed. He was keeping it. And folks, I want you to know something. Your garden, your heart needs a steady diet of the Lord Jesus Christ and a steady diet of godly Christian music. And your heart needs a steady diet of the Word of God. And your heart needs a steady diet of the Lord. And if you're not consistently and persistently and faithfully feeding your heart, the right thing. And you're not keeping your heart. And out of your heart is coming something that you'll not like the result of. You see, the opposite is also true. When we feed our heart corruptness, the Bible says in the negative here, let thine eyes look right on, let thine eyelids look straight before thee. God's saying, hey, look, don't be looking at the perversions to the left and the right. Be keeping your eyes fixed on the prize. Let your eyes look straight on. Folks, I want you to know something. If you're looking at things that displease the Lord, you're rotting your heart. 
And out of your heart will come everything that you are, and rottenness will be your fruit. If you're letting the wrong things consistently, the wrong messages in your ears, it's corrupting your heart. I wouldn't take the time to try to give you specific things and details I think you shouldn't listen to or think you shouldn't watch. Because if you're a Christian today, God by His Holy Spirit is going to show you and convict you of sin. And He's going to show you what's right. And do not excuse the conviction of the Spirit of God. Obey the Lord and protect your heart. There are so many perversions out there. Why do you think the devil just bombards us all with perversion? Because he wants to turn our hearts cold toward God. I tell you what, a heart that's fed the wrong thing produces the wrong fruit. It breaks up homes and it hurts children. And it destroys churches. Oh, may God help us to have a burden to keep our hearts with all diligence. Not one time did I see my grandfather carry that bucket of water out to a made of the plant and pour just a little bit of Roundup in it just to see what would happen. You know why? Because he cared about the plant, he cared about the fruit. And he guarded what went into it. He wouldn't even put town water on it. I ain't putting that nasty town water on it. I'll drink it, but I ain't putting it on my tomato plants. You can be sure of that. <laughs> the application is very serious. I'm, I'm scared. You flip through the channels. The devil wants to rot your mind and rot your fruit. Surf the internet, the devil wants to rot your mind and rot your fruit. You scan through the channels on the radio, the devil wants to rot your mind and rot your fruit. And God in His Word says, Christians, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. You see, the test of your heart is your mouth. The path to your heart is your senses. Number three, the destination of your heart is your feet. Look what the Scripture says in verse 26. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Twice this anatomy lesson goes to our feet. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs of an evil woman, don't look at her lips, look at her feet. Her feet lay hold on hell is what the Scripture says. And in this passage of Scripture, the Bible says, ponder the path of your feet. Now, I want you to do that for just a minute. You know what the word ponder means. Think about it. Ponder the path of your feet. Now, I want you to think about what you've been talking about primarily lately. I want you to think about what you've been feeding your heart primarily lately. And then I want you to look down at your feet and consider where your heart is taking you. Now, if you continue on this path, where are you going to end up? If you continue in this pattern, where are you going to end up? I've preached lots of weddings. Don't tell anybody, I'd rather preach a funeral than a wedding. You know, you mess up somebody's funeral, they don't care. 
You mess up somebody's wedding, it's the end of the world. A lot of pressure on a preacher in a wedding. Though I'm for marriage, just so you know. One man, one woman, for life. That's, that's where it is right there. I've preached a lot of weddings. And when I meet with a young couple, madly in love, the first thing I do is try to talk them out of it. Because if I can talk them out of it, I know other people can. The circumstances that are getting ready to happen will too. But I've never met a couple on their wedding day who exchanged vows something like this. I do solemnly swear to take you to be my wife for 30 to 60 days, 90 maybe, unless I just don't like you. And then the lady says something similar. I never have, I've never seen that. I, I tell you, every wedding I've ever done, the husband was committed to marry that wife till death do us part. And the wife was committed to marry that husband and, and be with him until death do us part. But I've seen lots of marriages break up, haven't you? Did it start on this day? Not necessarily. But I'll tell you what happened. The mouth represented the heart. The influences through the senses represented the heart. And the next thing you know, these two hearts that were knit together and joined in marriage, a covenant between God, they have gone, grown apart. And their marriage ends in divorce. I hate it. I despise it. But it doesn't start on the day that you say, let's get divorced. It starts way back when. Because out of the issues of out of your heart comes all the issues of life. I remember as a kid standing in groups of people, and we would talk about what you want to be when you grow up. How many of you had that conversation? I remember that. I was a I was the kid that wanted to be everything. I mean, I wanted to be a doctor, and I wanted to be a forest. I want to be. I wanted to work in the forestry department. I love the outside and. I want to be a police officer, and I want to be a plumber, and I want to be a farmer, and I want to be a builder. So God called me to preach, so I could do all kinds of stuff like that. And I want to be everything. I remember standing in groups of people, and one person would say, I want to be a firefighter when I grow up. I want to be a preacher when I grow up. I want to be a, a, the trash collector. But you know that one time in that group of friends that I see one of my friends say, you know what I want to do when I grow up? <laughs> I'm so excited. I want to be a drug addict and spend my entire adult life in prison. Wouldn't that be fun? Never. But you know what? In that group of people, there are folks in that shape today. And out of that crowd, nobody said, when I grow up, I want to be a murderer. Yeah, that would be great. No. No one said, when I grow up, I want to be a drunkard and make my wife's life miserable for the last 30 years. But it happens. How do you come from innocence to such grave error? Here's how. You fail to keep your heart with all diligence. Oh, you see something. The Bible says... Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. The law of sowing and reaping is very plain. You reap what you sow, and you reap 
more than you sow. I want you to see this. I want if you you may want to write this down. I want two. We'll have two columns, and you don't have to write it down because I'm going to try to explain it. On this side we have the column of sow, and there's going to be some words right below it. On this column we're going to have the column of reap. There's going to be some words right below it. So you sow and reap. You reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. You sow a thought, but you reap something. You reap a deed. Sow a thought, reap a deed. What's that mean? You know where it all begins? Deviant behavior always begins in your heart. Solomon knew that. God gave him this word. Keep your heart with all diligence. Look, you sow a thought, you reap a deed. You think about it long enough, you'll do it. You look on the internet at new trucks long enough and you got good enough credit. Before you know it, you'll be over at the dealership getting you one. And then about, oh, 32 days later, you're like, oh no, what did I do? (laughs) This is awful. And then 30 days later, you think, man, I really messed up (laughs) when the payment comes due. You sow a thought, you reap a deed. You sow a deed, you reap a habit. If you sow a deed, you reap a habit. Let's put it in the perspective of being a drunkard. You think, hmm, man, it looks like everybody has a good time to drink. I mean, there's, there's, there's drinking everywhere and alcoholism is rampant. It's awful. And there's so many even Christians that are blinded by it. The Bible says wine is a mocker. It'll make a fool out of you. There's no room for alcohol in the life of a Christian. You sow a thought, hmm, that looks interesting. You reap a deed, hmm, not so bad. Didn't hurt me the first time. You sow a deed, you reap a habit. One becomes two, two becomes three, three becomes twelve. You sow a habit, then you reap a character. Before you know it, people you know are beginning to understand, you know, he drinks a lot. You sow a habit, you reap a character. He drinks a lot. He's he's becoming a drunk. (laughs) You sow a habit, you reap a character. Folks, I want you to know something. When you sow a character, you reap a destiny. You reap a destiny. You see, we don't ever begin in this group saying, when I grow up, I want to be a drunk. Yeah, it'll be so exciting. You have higher goals and ambitions. But through the law of sowing and reaping, before you know it, You've sowed a thought and you've reaped a destiny and the destiny destroys you and the people around you. You think, this, it only hurting me. Baloney. That's my favorite Greek word. Baloney. You're wrong. Your life affects so many other lives and God is calling you and God is begging you and God is commissioning you to keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it, 
or the issues of life. The Bible says, ponder the path of your feet. If you're sowing and reaping, and you're aware of your heart because God's shown you what's coming out of your mouth, bitterness, unholiness, whatever it may be, Ponder the path of your feet. If you're sowing and you're not feeding your heart through your senses with what's right and pure, ponder the path of your feet. If you continue in this path, what's your destiny? What's your destiny? Folks, I'll have you know something. I've been preaching the gospel for 20 years. And you know what Cody Sturgill has to do? I have to constantly keep a check on my heart. And so do you. And I want God to use my life. And I want Christ to be honored. And I want my wife to have a godly husband. And my children have a godly father. And my church have a godly pastor. And my friends to have a godly friend. But that cannot be possible if I do not keep my heart with all diligence. Keep your heart, the Bible says, with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life.